Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Ono Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Erica Cody, who's going to be taking part in a free live stream from the National Concert Hall this Thursday, May 20th at 8pm on the NCH YouTube and Facebook pages. The event is, let's let's read it out, let's make sure we get it all, we get it all present and correct. NCH and District present Extraterrestrial, a black Irish celebration of identity with Feli Speaks, who curated the show with Craig Connolly and Dylan Murphy of District, Alicia Ray, Calavida May, Erica Cody, JLOL, Reggie and Tevi Rex. The event sets out to illustrate Ireland's rich cultural tapestry by threading together themes of identity, race and community through the lens of the island's leading rappers and performers. So I was delighted to talk with Erica ahead of the event. She's been making music for a couple of years, releasing the Leoness EP in 2019 and the brilliant single Calculated last year. She's also one of the voices in the Irish Women in Harmony project. And so coming up over the next 30-ish minutes or so, uh, we talk about what we can expect from this show at the NZH on Thursday, the new music that Erica's been writing over the past little while, her musical journey to date and even a little sprinkling of basketball it is playoff season i really enjoyed this chat let's take a listen to a little bit of calculated and then get into it with erica cody on the point of everything podcast i'm tired of making everybody feel better sometimes i do the most and sometimes i say whatever whatever i never feel better not helping myself not feeling myself you could push me in the face, just don't shoot me in my back Trespassing my feelings, what did you gain from that? Crossing my mind, I'm reading the signs While my feelings multiply Do the math because you're calculated, calculated You got my mind, I'm frustrated Changing paces, losing patience And I can't explain it, I can't explain it Since you got so calculated Sometimes I say that I miss you, but when I say First off, tell me about extraterrestrial, a black Irish celebration of identity. You're doing this at the NCH on Thursday. Tell me about how that came about and what we can expect. Yeah, so it's something I'm really excited to be a part of, first of all. Um, I've always been, I've, it's funny because it's kind of full circle. I used to always go to uh, shows in the National Concert Hall with my nana. And like all the time we'd go and see like the, the most random shows. Um, so it's it's really amazing to be able to perform there. It's definitely been one that's t- now ticked off my uh, my goals list, uh, which is really cool. So it's really exciting to be a part of it because I love everything that districts have always tried to do when it comes to promoting black artists and putting them on a stage to celebrate them instead of just pigeonholing. You know, I think I think when you're a person of color, especially like a young black musician, um, in Ireland especially, you can, you, it, it's very easy to be pigeonholed. Like there's been times that I've been compared to other black Irish artists that we, we wouldn't even look remotely alike. Um, but it just com- comes down to like lazy journalism and just people not really being aware. You know, when it comes to things like this, it makes me very excited because it's a moment that we're all celebrated and put in the one place. But we all have such different stories to tell. Um, even though we're, I, I could, you know what it is? I think because hip hop and R&B is just so infused in every type of music now. 
we all have something different to offer no matter how much we're influenced by the genres um, and very much a part of the genres we still have so much more to give and it's just a fusion of so many different things so I think this is a great celebration and yeah I'm just really excited to be a part of it to be honest I'm, I'm so happy to be back in the venue and being able to do what I love the most which is performing. Do you think it is getting better the way that like Irish music will say is getting covered like people are yeah. aware of like the different scenes and the different genres now like this is called a black Irish celebration of identity it's not called a celebration of um, black Irish hip-hop or something because exactly. like there's yeah. l- like do you see the people who are on the lineup I mean they're representative of various scenes rather than like one scene really aren't they yeah like I'm not going to lie, like, we all are very much in the R&B and hip-hop realm, but with that said, like, there's, like, Sayla V. Demaya does amazing spoken word pieces, um, you've Tebby Rex who dip their toes into pop, it's like, you know, there, it it's just such a, a broad spectrum that I that I put us all on, you know what I mean, that we we all have something totally different to uh, to say and to perform and to you know, put out into the world. So I think it definitely is a celebration of identity because the thing is everyone has their own journey and this is everyone's moment that they're getting. Do you think it's an event that could have taken place even a couple of years ago? Do you think that just like everything that's happened culturally over the past few years has, you know, everything bad that's happened over the past few years has kind of led up to this, that this just seems like, yeah, a natural thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, it just feels like the right time. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like it's something just to do it to, you know, take a box. It's, it doesn't feel like that at all. You know, it's very genuine. Districts have always put all Black Irish artists on a pedestal at the, when they really can, so, which is really important because there's not a lot of, a lot, not a lot of publications that have done that in the past, but are more so doing it now, whereas districts have done it forever. Well, for the longest time, for as long as I can remember. Okay, so let's talk about some of the acts who are on the lineup with you. You've got uh, Feli Speaks, who uh, have you been as big a fan as seemingly the rest of the country this year with her and Talu doing amazing things? Yes, I am a massive fan of Feli Speaks, aka Felicia. I think she's her energy, her aura, you'll know it, You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you meet her. Uh, she's infectious. She has like this infectious smile and infectious energy that I think she's one in a million when it comes to what she does and how she captivates people. Because I think being in like this R&B and hip hop scene for years now and then looking at the spoken word scene, it, it's kind of like we were two parallels, you know, like we were always crossing paths up at some event or some showcase um and now it's nice to see it's all kind of every everyone is just like coming together in the most like natural way which I find really inspiring because there's there's nothing like like you, you can't compare like something that's organic compared to something that's you know uh, constructed um and this is a prime example of this is just an organic right thing to do at this current moment in time to showcase all these amazing artists you know and I'm so happy that uh Feli Speaks was the one to co-curate this lineup too and it it just makes sense you know Mm. 
I think it's really interesting seeing someone like Reggie on the uh, lineup as well, just because drill in Ireland seems to be a genre that like journalists, like myself included, it's kind of hard to know how to cover it because drill artists don't really like the attention. You know, they're kind of happy not talking to journalists. I mean, I don't know. Can, can, can you relate? You're like, man, why can't I be like that? I don't want to talk to anybody either. <laughs> I know. And you know what it is, I think this is just the side of the industry that comes up being an artist. Um, and I think it's it's amazing that some artists, you know, have the, are able to say that like, look, I'm just happy to make my music and that's it. Like I have nothing really else to to say like publicly, publicly and stuff. Because I know a lot of artists just like to express themselves through music and not through uh, conversation and things like that, which, you know, you can, you can totally respect because as I was saying, like each artist has their own, their own mantra, their own journey, um, their own way of coping and dealing with things and how they want to present themselves and express themselves. And I think that's what makes um, every artist so unique and makes them an individual because they all hold their own. Um, and I think especially with drill, it's like they're, they're, they're just happy making music, do you know what I mean? And it's like, what else can you say? Do you know what I mean? It's just like they're, He's happy just making drill and it'd be banging drill music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, are, you, are you allowed to say what you're going to be doing at the event? Do you even know what you're going to be doing at the event yet? Um, well, I will say there will be some new music, which is very nice. So it's mad because I think when you're performing new music for the first time, it can be a bit daunting because it's like, oh, this is, I've been in the studio listening to this song for like the last six months and now people are just going to hear it, you know? It's not out, but it'll be there for a couple of minutes, you know, um, which is exciting. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what people think and yeah, just to perform it. Very exciting. Very good, very good. Are, are, are you allowed to say too much more about the new music? Do you want to talk about maybe what you've been up to so far this year? Has it just been focusing like on the music, on the new music? Yeah, I've really just kind of kept my head down since last summer. I've really kind of just come into my own. and Because it took me a while to write. I didn't. La I wasn't able to write like all summer last year. It was just, just creatively, it was just a very trying time, trying to to be creative in the times that we were in and there was just so much going on. It was like, you didn't really know what you should or shouldn't write about. And I kind of just took that time to just kind of find peace with myself and with certain things that were going on and to just trust the process while still like protecting my peace and, you know, trying to navigate these times. So I spent like the last, I'd say since last August working on new stuff which is probably some of my favorite stuff today. And it's very, it's it's the most me I feel like I felt in music in a really long time. So yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to finally, it'll be out soon, but I'm just excited to finally be able to say that. <laughs> it's actually coming out because, you know, I've, I tend to hold on to my music like they're my children. Um, but there just comes a time where that you just have to say, look, it's time for you to fly when when do you know that it's done like is it just like when your time in the studio is up you're like right that is it it's finished I'm leaving now with my tunes under my arm yeah or... you know what it's been so luckily I was awarded funding from um for, from the MISP grants from the Arts Council last the end of last year so that was a massive help and um, so ever since then it was just kind of like well, I want it to be perfect. You know what I mean? I have this opportunity and I want it to be as perfect as I can. But also when you're a perfectionist in music, it's a blessing and a curse because 
the longer you want something to be perfect, the longer it takes to get done. Um, and there comes a time where you're like, look, it sounds amazing how it is. There's, I could add a million more things to it, but it might take away from the actual uh, concept and the fact of what I'm trying to say. So yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long while, like what, nine months? So of me just saying, look, things are fine the way they are. You don't need to keep pushing and pushing and trying to make things perfect when they already sound great the way they are. So I think having control over that as well is something that takes time to work on, but it, it only works in your favor in the end. And what about the actual um, writing process itself? Have you changed that much over the years? I know that the, the track you released last year, you wrote with Lilo Blues from Hair Squeed. Did you try more writing like that? Did you go back to kind of writing by yourself? Um, well, the thing is, I've always written by myself. I wrote Calculated by myself as well. And then I was like, do you know what? I think my guy Lilo could do a really great job on this hook. So, well, in his verse, so I sent it to him he wrote a verse sent it back and it was like we just had the song you know it was really organic we'd wanted to work together for years and the timing was just never right and then I was like you know what I think now I just I just felt compelled come October to have something out in the world that I've been holding on to for ages and but the like my creative process changes all the time especially writing and I always write in like around scenarios kind of that have happened some can be scenarios that I might be from a different from perspective and some might be from actual lived scenarios that I've gone through so that's why I felt it was so difficult to write during the pandemic because I was just stuck at home life wasn't happening you know and everyone was really just trying to I suppose connect with themselves and just try and feel some sort of normal so there wasn't really much going on you know there wasn't much heartbreak to write about or you know just life experience so what's different about my new stuff is that not only did I write most of it alone, like on my own lyrically and stuff, but I've had the opportunity to work with like the likes of Ruth Ann and stuff like that as well, which is a massive full circle moment for me because she used to just live up the road for me. And then I really looked up to her. She was writing songs for Jojo going to LA. And she was the, she was the one that I kind of looked up to um, as a teenager because I was like, she's doing what I want to do, you know? And then fast forward years later, we're getting to actually work on some material together, which is really exciting. Mm, that that's it's a nice kind of uh contrast between say erica cody the solo artist but then we're talking about this event at the nzh which sounds like it's very much a collaborative affair yeah. like you've mentioned irish women in harmony which is a collaborative affair as well it must be nice just to be able to bounce these ideas off these people as well as kind of go into your own space as well when needed absolutely like i think collaboration is key and i think the reason I kind of feel like I wrote on my own for so long is because I just had so much to say and what I was going through and dealing with. So that was the only way I could kind of, I felt like I could express myself. But now as I'm growing in this industry and growing as a person, I, if anything, I adore collaboration more than I ever have before, you know, because this is a really collaborative project that I've been working on. And this whole uh, extraterrestrial project is all collaborative too. Like you're talking behind the scenes rehearsals with uh, your MD and your band and just making things happen. So, um, yeah, it's a really exciting, I, I find it's an exciting time to be an artist right now. Um, even with everything that's kind of going on, you kind of have to look at the bright side of things. And if life was normal at the moment, I wouldn't be getting as much time as I am now to just sit and focus and really just make this happen. Um, so yeah collaboration is key like I just want to collaborate with anyone and everyone at the moment you know I'm in just such like a writing bug and production bug which is which is really exciting so I've collaborated with my friend Alex O'Keefe who also 
plays my band, which you'll see on this new project. So he and he's just been absolutely incredible and so talented. And it's just it's so nice to see the talent that's coming out of Ireland at the moment. And this is a really clear representation of. And just going back to the writing and kind of being in that pandemic slump, did you actually try to write about like, you know, life in your own house, like in, in your gaff? Did you just find like, this is just, it's just not like sexy. It's not what anybody wants to hear. Like everybody just wants like everything after this. It wasn't me, do you know what I mean? Like it just wasn't it. Like I, it, it just came across too cliche for me to be honest. And I just, it, it just wasn't my realm to write in I didn't think it was making sense for me because a lot of my my new music is you know a bit sexy and I think that only comes with you know growing as a woman and expressing yourself and being on a like not being afraid to be unapologetic um and things like that so yeah it's like I, I tried to write you know the pandemic songs and oh I'm stuck in the house and then the four walls blah, blah blah just it just wasn't my bag <laughs> might be someone else's bag but it just it just wasn't it wasn't hitting right for me i wonder like are we going to get a load of a load of like pop songs like that uh in the next couple of months people just kind of (laughs) throwing them out like life in pajamas and stuff yeah like i think what was important for me when it came to like writing new material was that i didn't like i think there's leeway when it comes to being an artist i'm recording and writing in a pandemic because obviously studios weren't open and a lot of people were recording from home like myself and things like that so there is a bit of leeway but i think the way i see it is that my music's going to be out there forever on its out you know i don't want it to sound like just like one period in time like i want it to to live a long life and i don't want it to sound uh like it was just for that particular moment like i'd like it to to stand the test of time but that's just me you know i i could change my mind tomorrow that's the great thing about being a creative your mind changes every two seconds <laughs> is this the first event that you're doing like in person with other people in like forever uh this nzh show i think so i've done a couple of i think this would be like my third maybe which is mad it's like you've done three gigs in a year <laughs> what <laughs> it's just nuts it's so nuts uh, that's just off the top of my head now i could be totally wrong but yeah this is one i'm definitely most excited for i think that that's like really exciting for bands as well because like as as a music fan like i've really been missing gigs but i'm guessing like acts like you have really just been missing that live buzz uh, yeah. as well over the past year yeah like i missed that whole the energy of the crowd and seeing people smile and enjoy themselves and they're just there to have a good time. You miss out on that when you're doing everything virtually. I'm grateful that we can do it in some capacity, don't get me wrong. But, you know, every, you know, why we do what we do is to connect with people. Um, And I think that being one of the main things that was taken from us this year as artists. Um, but we've just had to adjust, you know, uh, life goes on. So just have to make the most out of, I suppose, any situation but we the way i see it is that like look this won't be forever and we will be back eventually in festivals around in fields with people that we don't know you know we're gonna we're gonna live like that again you know this isn't gonna last forever so there is light at the end of the tunnel can we talk about your musical journey you've you kind of mentioned it a little bit at the start like when did when do you actually see kind of the erica cody project in quote marks when when does that actually start for you when when did you start making music and when did you see this as kind of like a path that you wanted to follow i was always very sporty and i was always very musical i was the only one in my family who 
had um, an interest in music and wanted to sing and wanted to dance and do all those kind of things. So from a young age, I was in stage schools, you know, Billy Barry MKS, they did all those things up until I was about 15, I think. And then, but, but with that said, like I was constantly juggling basketball and juggling music and the arts and being a performer. So for me, it was always like, I, I just tried to be the best at both things. And I think, Again, where you're trying to be a perfectionist, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, and there comes a time, you know, where you kind of have to choose where you want to go in life and things like that. This is just long story short. But it, it got to a point that, you know, I was playing Super League basketball. It was consuming a lot of my time. I just started in, in BIM in college. And not only that, but I was playing, I think I was playing basketball five nights a week, if you include college training in between, because I was on a scholarship. It just got a lot. And I was trying to network and meet new people in BIM and you know, just really make the most out of every opportunity that I got. And then an ACL injury happened when I was 18, 19. And then that was it, you know, it was like, I think that was just kind of, it was a blessing in disguise, I think, where it was just like, okay, now you've got the, you've got nine months to a year here now, what are you going to do? And I was already really busy in the music scene anyway here since I was like 16, 17, like seriously. So I was like, you know what? I'm I'm here for a reason I'm gonna just put my everything into it and then it just kind of snowballed and then that was it you know I released Addicted then I released Good Intentions then I was like I'm gonna write an EP and then I wrote an EP uh, Lee and S and then the pandemic happened so it was it's been a journey you know um and now I'm kind of at a place where I'm like wow I feel kind of grown I feel like I can get a bit more sexy I, I feel comfortable I'm I you know we all go through different parts of our lives where we um turn a new leaf I suppose and I feel like this the new music that I'm writing now at the moment is a is a very good reflection on that do you ever play kind of the what if game if you hadn't got injured like would you have do you think that you would have had a lot more of a difficult decision to make like were you were you a good uh, basketball player yeah so like it was kind of at the point because my dad was a professional basketball player so it kind of got to the point where I was seeing my guidance counselor in school and I was like, right, I need to start doing my SATs if I want to go to America to play basketball on the scholarship. Um, and the way that I saw it was that the closer it was getting, that I was getting to it, the more I didn't really, the, the more I realized that it probably wasn't my dream. And um, it wasn't something that I, I, like I always knew, knew I just knew music was going to be, the thing that I did like I knew music was going to be a career for me eventually and I think basketball if I went to the states yeah absolutely could open doors for me um but it's just I just didn't feel like it was my calling it just didn't feel like it was the right time um I felt like I wanted to because the thing is if you're on a scholarship in America you're in the gym 24 7 I didn't feel like I'd be able to utilize all that time to do both so the way I looked at it was like look I'm still here in Ireland I'm getting a degree studying vocals in this amazing new music college and I get to be on a scholarship for DIT so who's who is accredited BIM is accredited by DIT so I was entitled to my scholarship there so I was like okay I have the best of both worlds here because I'm still getting to play Super League for my club team and travel the country and then I'm in college getting to play and study and network and gig and get my foot in the door here so I always found it was really important to build a foundation here. And then that's just what happened. Wow. I'm, I'm a big basketball fan, so I'm interested. Are like, you? I am, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I'm, I've gotten big into it the past couple of years. Who's your team? Uh, I d I'm one of those who just follows the players. I love that. No, I love it. Yeah. 
I haven't been to America, so I don't really have any any team. So um, you know, I kind of drift to the good to the good players. But like, do you do you still follow basketball, or like, is the cord completely cut, or what? Like when you no, get injured, no, the, the cord's definitely not cut. You know, my dad's still very involved in basketball. The community in basketball here is really small and really supportive. So I I made life when I was playing basketball and if anything they were some of the best years of my life and something I'm super grateful for and I'm very happy with the decision that I made like I, I think it was the best and the right fit but now I'm still very involved as I can be obviously you know life has gotten busier and stuff like that over the years naturally but um if my dad has a game and he's coaching like I'll happily go to his game if my friends are playing I'll happily go to their games because a lot of them are still playing it's just about making the time, you know, and I'm kind of like you. I just kind of follow the players wherever they go. For, well, wherever LeBron goes, I pretty much go. So <laughs> it's just so hard being in Ireland and trying to follow the games. Like my sleep schedule is so messed up. <laughs> it's like our lives would just be so much easier if we were in America when it comes to watching basketball. OK, well, we'll go back to the music, but I would happily talk for an hour about basketball with you sometime in the future. I if know, you'd be up yeah. for it. <laughs> did you find it easy enough to kind of make those first forays into music like was it is it all kind of down to bim like it's just such an encouraging place i'm guessing for someone who wants to try and make it in the music scene yeah do you know what it is what you put in is what you get out like you don't go into something just thinking that it's going to make it a superstar or it's going to make you a pop star and then you're going to leave bim in four years you're going to travel the world having done nothing and no networking like it doesn't work that way you know you have to put in if you want to get something out of it um, like I spent uh, for me I saw it as a great opportunity to get gigging um, and to meet like-minded people because being in a secondary school where people are mainly academic and not as you're not surrounded by as many creatives and people are creative in many different ways but BIM was a playground where everyone was like-minded and had kind of the same ambitions and goals and naturally I'm competitive so you know for me that was a great thing because I was learning and I was wanting to be better all the time I was wanting to kind of one-up myself all the time and um, especially being around all these people can only motivate you as well um but yeah it's it is one of those things it's like you have to you have to put in the work if you want to get something out of it like I'd been introduced to like the live music scene and stuff from I did my first uh, support slot when I was 16 for WizKid in City West. And then it was just kind of like, that's my caught the bug. And then as I, as I was getting older, you know, from 16 to 18, I was juggling. I was going from like a match to like a dance class, <laughs> you know, on the weekends. It was like my teenage life was very busy, which is great. Um, that's all I had time for was music and basketball and not so much other things. But um yeah, it, it kind of got to a point then when I was like 17, 18, I was like, yeah, I want to be a superstar. Like, I want to I be a singer and I want to tour the world. And then it, everything just happened at the right time. You know, I don't think it was meant to be one of those things where I up and moved at 18 and it, to a whole different country and, you know, starting fresh. I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't ready and I wasn't mature enough, I don't think. Um, so I feel like I learned a lot and I gained a lot from pushing myself into different scenarios and different circles and just being around different people and throwing myself in the deep end wherever I needed to. Great. Um, just just one final one about BIM. Like, it's a shock, like you said, going from, like, school into a place like BIM and being surrounded by creatives. Is there a shock afterwards as well when, say, you've graduated, you've finished college, you're still surrounded by creatives, but it's not, like, 24-7, I'm guessing. It's not 24-7, yeah. So I think spending those four years in BIM gave me a chance to get out there and get gigging and doing all those things so like obviously I was juggling a part-time juggling a part job as well 
um, while working in BIM. And I knew that was going to be the case when I left BIM too, to be able to, fund, I'm an independent artist. So I had to fund my music some way. And that was coming from the money I made from my part-time job. I'd beaten pot noodle a lot of the time, which is absolutely fine. Um, but I did that. That doesn't, I, I wouldn't even care when it comes to stuff like that, because that's just what I, I did, you know, there was no second guess on putting a paycheck into, into studio time or whatever the case may be. And I knew, like, I knew I, I was going to come out of BIM with a degree, but I knew there wasn't many things in my side of my degree that I could probably do when it came to leaving. It's not like going to study to be an accountant, then you're, you're just, you're just out in the world and then you have a job. You know, it's not like that. You have to work, you have to keep working at it. Um, especially if you want, like a lot of people ended up going into marketing, uh, digital marketing for labels. A lot of people went into vocal coaching. Whereas I knew mine, I wanted to just be solely a performer and an entertainer, I suppose, and a songwriter. So for me, you know, I kind of had to just work part time and put my money into studio time and meeting new people and doing all those things. So, but the risk, like it's, I don't even like to call it a risk because for me, it's like when you know it'll pay off, it, it just makes you work even harder. Like you, what is it you get? The harder you work, the luckier you get, you know, so it nothing just falls in anyone's lap for free. You know, you have to have to keep grafting. I'm still grafting, you know, it, it never stops. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like, I, I was just going to ask you, like, how far ahead are you looking? And I mean, you've got this great event coming up on Thursday. You've got, uh, I think it's an album that you're working with um, for Irish Women in Harmony. Am I yeah. right in saying that? I mean, yeah. that that's plenty on your plate right there. But also you've got your own solo stuff to look forward to uh, just this year alone. I know there's you know what I'm so happy you said that because that makes me so happy it's like I I think when I'm when I'm like so involved and indulged in a project I just kind of forget what's happening (laughs) around me you know and now that it's kind of coming to an end I'm like oh my god I'm planning for this and then I'm planning for that it's like everything is just slowly starting to happen which is nice um yeah there's plenty on my plate and I always I think one thing I've definitely had to try and do in the last year is not to bite off more than I can chew because I tend to do that but I have kind of learned the art of saying no and stuff like that um which we all need by the way not just not just anyone in the in the creative field everyone needs to learn how to say no but this show is going to be a breath of fresher great um okay last question who have you got for the NBA playoffs oh my god who have I got for the NBA I'm not I still haven't even been following the NBA the last while see what I mean I haven't like when I'm in it Everything around me just goes blank. Yeah, I I honestly don't know, but I'll go with. I'm gonna stick with the Lakers for now. <laughs> okay, let's hope LeBron comes back from injury. Oh, stop! I I know it's devastating. He will though. You, you, can, will. Re- you can relate. You will. can relate. um okay listen it's been amazing uh talking to you and best of luck with this event that you've got coming up and for the rest of the year it's gonna be an amazing one i think thank you so lovely to talk to you